0: This is the greatest hour
1: to follow Jesus. I want to begin because I really want to lift your faith. You know, faith comes by hearing. And today, not many people, sadly, in certain places, even mention that God heals. And it's a shock. That even pastors are dying too young and losing their ministries. Some are committing suicide because of mental illness. Our God is a healing God. And we should not forget the back of the cross. Yes, thank God for those, and us too. We've been preaching salvation for years. The front of the cross is salvation, but the back, that's healing. With his stripes we're healed. So we cannot just receive 50% of the benefits. Our God is a healing God. And we have to understand that the Bible is clear on that. Someone came to Oral Roberts years ago, and he told me that himself, The Oral was my neighbor. For years. And I'd go see him sometimes twice a week as he got older. I went quite often. And one time he said, You know, he said this, this preacher came to him one day and said, I do not believe God heals. And they talked back and forth. And finally, Oral said, Go get me a scissors. The man didn't know why. He said, Just go find me a pair of scissors. So he came, kind of puzzled. Why? And Oral gave it to him. He said, now every portion of the Bible that mentions God heals, cut it out. And the man said, well, I cannot do that. Why not? Well, if I begin cutting pieces out of the Bible, I'll be destroying the word. He said, that's exactly what you do every time you say, God does not heal. Because it's in the word. He said, what it says that he heals, just cut it out. Can't do that. So our God is a mighty healing God. I was, I was in, a, in a little town years ago, way up in Canada, called Spanish Ontario. Now, Spanish Ontario is about not too far from Sudbury. And a group, uh, I was to minister to a group of North American Indians. Now, that was the first time in my life with these dear people. Now, the North American Indians way up there are very serious people. They don't smile much, or they did not back then anyways. And in front of me sat, I'd say, seven, 800 of them. I was sponsored. You'd be surprised to hear that. The first people that sponsored me were Catholics. The Pentecostals didn't believe that God was using me. This was way back, we're talking 1974 and 1975, you know. So the uh, there was a great move of God in Quebec among the French Canadians and uh, some of these wonderful Catholic uh, people were having tremendous revivals in Canada. I was quite shocked one time. I, I, I showed up to one of their, of their meetings in In Toronto, and they were showing Catherine Coomins' film from Las Vegas, and thousands of Catholics were in that room. And I'm sitting there watching this movie with them, which I'd seen many times. So anyways, and then the power of God hit. Uh, People were getting filled with the Holy Spirit and praying in tongues and all that. And at the end of the service, to my shock, they began praying to Mary. And I thought, whoa, 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 whoa. I thought, what are they doing praying to Mary? We just, you know, saw the part of God move and people getting saved and people getting healed and filled with the spirit. And now, Hail Mary full of grace. I, am, I almost wanted to run out. And the Lord said, don't you dare. You stay right here. I said, Lord, but there, you know, I did not like it. And the Lord said, you keep that with me. Don't, don't even touch it. And what was amazing is later these same Catholics received by the Holy Spirit that it's not about Mary. The Lord himself told them. And I had a friend, I had a friend of mine named David Plessis. Now, many of you probably never heard of him. He was known as Mr. Pentecost. He was a mighty man of God. And he ministered to Catholics, including the Pope himself, John Paul II, David ministered to the Pope, prayed for him, if you want to really know, to to receive the Holy Spirit. That's a fact. Anyway, so uh, one of the archbishops invited him to have a big meeting with all the Catholic hierarchy, and they asked him publicly about Mary. He said, I obey Mary every day, and they kind of were all happy about that. And they, and they all said, you, you what? He yes, said, I obey her every day. She said, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. <laughs> and, I, and I obey her every day. I do exactly what she says. Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. And thank God, you know, he won many Catholics. But anyway, so I'm invited now by the Catholic Church to go preach in a very uh, forsaken part of Canada. <clears throat> and I had with me Some Pentecostal preachers, I'll never forget to my dying day, the Catholic priest with the longest beard I ever saw in a human being. I'm not kidding you. Before God Almighty, that man's beard went all the way down to his shoes. I'm not kidding. That beard just kept going, and I, I have no idea how he grew that thing. It was literally touching the shoes of that priest. So when he sat down, it was like out like a carpet, you know. <laughs> and uh, there was about 10 of them sitting behind me, and two or three or so Pente- Pentecostal preachers on the other side. So I'm preaching to these Indian people, sweet people, not one of them smiling, not one of them smiling, just staring. And, and I sang by myself. No, nobody even knew uh, any of the worship songs, like How Great Thou Art, or... You know, the beautiful songs we all sing. Not one of them even knew it. They knew some, I guess, songs they sang in their Catholic churches. So (laughs) I'm just worshiping the Lord by myself. And I began preaching on Psalm 103. And I said, uh, God will heal all of you tonight. And, you know, I was in my 20s. I began preaching when I was 21. This had to be, I don't know, I was 23 years old somewhere there. It was a brand new day for me even with, with what God was doing in those days. So this, this, this guy starts coming up while I'm preaching. He was a cripple. His wife was with him, a little girl next to him, and a little baby in the mom's hand. And he's coming like this, walking up. He had a brace on, metal brace, and he's coming up very slowly like this. Well, you know, I didn't know what to do with him. In in our meetings that we had in Toronto in those days, and Buffalo and other places, the the ushers would stop and say, can we help you? No ushers there. Even the musician did not know what to play. God bless her. She was an old lady who kept missing the keys, finally said, it's okay. No need, you know, we'll do it without that. So this guy comes up and he looks at me with his wife his baby, his daughter, and he said, I'm a crippled man. I've been, he was 28 years old. He said, I've had an accident. He said, and my, 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 they told him his legs would never ever, uh, he would never like walk properly. And you can see all the metal braces on him. And he said, My wife has cancer. Our first baby died. And then he, lifts the sleeve of the girl, his little girl, and it was bleeding everywhere, blood everywhere. He said, you came here to tell us that Jesus heals? Prove it. I said, Whoa. <laughs> Never in my life did someone tell me to prove it like that. And I looked at those sweet people with lines in their faces. They all had big lines in their faces. They, they looked like rough people, big people. And they were just staring at me, like not a soul even was smiling. I said, this is it. If God doesn't heal that that man, I'm dead. It's over. (laughs) Those people don't look too happy. And so I looked at all those priests, Pentecostal preachers. I said, get down on your knees now. (laughs) So they all got down on, on the knees, and I got down on my knees with them. And that man is still standing there waiting for my answer. Prove it. I looked up. I said, dear Jesus, I'm preaching your gospel, not mine. I said, this man is telling me to. I'm, I'm praying really loud. I said, this man is telling me to prove it. You prove it. And when I said that, when I said that, we heard a big <laughs> pow. And the man was on the floor. And his wife and his baby and his girl piled up. Now, what was so funny, i got to tell you what was so funny, is the Catholic priests were all whispering, and the Pentecostals were screaming <laughs> behind me. Finally, I said, Shh, I said, God is not deaf. It's okay, it's okay, don't worry about it. And so, but it was a funny moment for me. But God has a sense of humor. This guy, who had just come up saying, prove it, jumps up like a spring. We heard a big thump. He jumps up, tears his... his uh, Brace off, throws his crutches, runs down, uh, way down the aisle, comes back, he comes up screaming and jumping, and the mother starts freaking out, they pull the sleeve of the girl, her skin was perfect, (laughs) now I'm here to tell you, anyone who tells me God doesn't heal, it's too late, I've seen it. Time and time and time and time again. The first, listen, the first healing I ever saw was a lady in Pittsburgh in a Catherine Kuhlman service. Way before I was in the ministry, I just got saved when I was 19. Now I'm probably 20. I go down to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And myself and a guy named Al Perichin were responsible for this lady on the bus. A man named Jim Pointer used to take buses down from Toronto to Pittsburgh to see Catherine Kuhlman. And one of the first meetings I ever went to with us was this lady, guys. Now believe me, I'm telling you the truth, may God strike me. Okay? She was bent over like, like the hunch of Notre Dame. That woman was twisted like twisted like, like this with arthritis. Short little thing. Her husband carried her purse. I'll never forget the guy, bald-headed, walking like this with his, with his wife's purse. And Jim says to myself and Al, he said, you help them up and down the bus when we stop for food or this or that. The drive from Toronto to Pittsburgh is seven hours non, nonstop. But if you stop, it'll be at least nine or ten hours. So think about being on a bus, nine hours, whatever, seeing this dear lady like this, and every time we stopped for food, you know, dear Al and I had to go and get the wheelchair from under the bus, because it couldn't be on the bus, we had to take it out and pull it out and open it up and go up and, and take this little lady, put her in her wheelchair, put her in, and all that, all day long. The next morning, same thing, we had to help her from the hotel, to the bus, to the service. It was a good Friday. And I st- will never forget Syria Mosque, north side Pittsburgh. Anybody from Pittsburgh knows that area. And here we are sitting, and by the way, she was witty. She was a witty woman. She said, hey, boys. She did this to us. She said, hey, boys. With her you know, crooked fingers, she did this. She said, <laughs> She said, don't you let the ushers see my wheelchair. They don't, they don't let wheelchairs on the, on, the, on the main floor, which we knew it already. Because Catherine demanded that all wheelchairs go to the basement. You know, some people weren't happy with that, but that's just the way she was. So she said, I don't want to be in the the basement. I want to sit in the main floor, so don't let them see my wheelchair. All right, we'll just carry you in. So we kept her wheelchair on the bus, and we carried her in, running down the aisle because everybody else was running. When those doors opened, people ran like they were in a race to get seats. So we're running, and, and dear Al and I are praying, Lord, blind those ushers, blind those ushers. Please, don't, don't, don't let them see us. Because they, they would have probably said no. We put her down. By the time we are finished, the whole f- floor is packed. The only seats are on the balcony with our people who were walking very, very slow. Most of them were old, sweet people from, from Canada, and they couldn't make it too fast, so they had to go on the balcony. They couldn't run anyway, so we go, and the balcony came around and was right over the platform here and over there. Great seats, you know, right up top. So now we're sitting up there. Catherine just comes on the platform. She wouldn't, she hadn't even preached. She was extremely dramatic, like extremely dramatic. She looked like a ballerina coming on, you know, doing this with her dress and, you know, all that loveliness. Did you hear what I said? Anyways, (laughs) so she's leading in How Great Thou Art, and she's doing her thing. And I was, you know, she was just very dramatic for me. First time I ever heard her, she said,
0: Hello there,
1: have you been waiting for me? I don't know, yay, yay, who's this? (laughs) That was on TV. She'd come on every morning on CBS, right, right after Day of Discovery with Richard DeHaan. She'd come on. Well, anyways, she's leading in How Great Thou Art, and that woman we had brought in begins to do this. She starts moving in her seat. This is before even anything starts. She starts, God begins to stretch her body in front of our eyes. Nobody laying hands on her. You that are sick, believe tonight it's going to happen here. They begin. Listen, listen. God begins to stretch her legs. Her whole body starts to do this, and I went nuts up there. I began hitting Jim, and all I could go is ha 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 ha. That's it. You'd do worse if 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 you were there and you saw that lady after ten hours. The day before and a few hours the same morning, we listen, we had to line up out the door by like four hours, and that poor woman was the whole like you know the whole, whole time like that. Now she's doing all this down there. And we're like, ah, ha ah, ah, ha like this. Come on, you do the same thing and you know it. She stands up straight. Wait, wait. They bring her on the platform, and Catherine says, what's this? And Jean Martin, a wonderful man who became a friend of mine later, tells her about this lady who was crippled with arthritis. And Catherine is just thrilled. Everybody's screaming up there. We're all crying. And Miss Kuhn is about to pray for her. I'll never forget this as long as I live. Miss Kuhn is about to pray for her. And this little lady was now straight like that. She says, "Miss Kuma, just a second. Well, what had happened is, God straightened every part of her body, except her little finger. Just this little finger, nobody could see it, except her. She said, he forgot the finger. (laughs) Imagine that. She wanted the whole thing. And Catherine said in her way, she said, Oh, honey, I will not ask him to do that. He left it there that you might remember. <laughs> you would not believe the face of the bus driver when that woman came back on the bus. That poor guy was like in shock because she was this the whole time and now she's walking up with, by herself The day, listen here. The day is here. Because the same God is the same yesterday, today, forever. He is still healing the sick. So let's begin believing again. Frances Scott was a woman in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. Now, Sault Ste. Marie is across the way from Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan. I'm preaching up there at a big high school. This woman, while I'm preaching, starts walking up the aisle just like that man in Spanish, Ontario. And she, too, had a massive brace on her waist metal connected to her shoes with pants over the metal. She was a bold, tall woman. Everyone knew her in town. So she comes up. And give me your chair a second. Stand up a minute. Come here. She sits, watch watch your wire brother, your whole wire is stirred up there. She sits on my chair, I'm preaching, I'm ministering the word. Thousands of people in that high school auditorium and she sits on my chair, (laughs) like that. I thought, oh dear God, this is not exactly what I wanna see. So I'm trying to preach and here's on my chair next to all the preachers. You see this leg like that. So I went up to her. I said, can I help you? She goes, and she had a voice like a man. She said, my leg. Now, those, those kids are loving this right down there. So I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't, forgive me, you know, I don't want to really tell you a whole lot. My kids make fun of those old tapes of me. I wasn't that nice. My kids used to say, Daddy, you were rude. I wasn't rude. I was just Benny. I was just the guy from Jaffa. You got to understand, I come from from the wild, wild east. So I said, take that thing off. Because I could hear the metal, you know, my leg. I said, take it off. I screamed at her, because I was already mad with the thing, you know. (laughs) So she stares at me like, well, I'm not thinking clearly that for her to take it off, she'd have to take her pants down. Forgive me. I mean, I was, I was just starting. Come on, please. I'm almost 17 now. I was 23 then, so be patient with me. So, and I'm come on, take that thing off. And she just stared. Finally, a group of women come running up. There was nowhere to go, nowhere. Just a little curtain back there. So they stood around the curtain. They surrounded that lady with the, this and that. And she took, well, nobody saw it, thank God, you know. So, all we heard is a big scream when her foot touched the floor. I like a big big scream. I did not know it. Had, Had she told me this, I would have never said anything. She had no bones. There was no bones in her legs. She had the brace brace on both legs, holding the shoes, doing this, and nobody knew, and I didn't, know un- she had no bones. When her foot touched the floor, the bones, God literally gave her bones. She was screaming, she tore everything off, comes back, tells the place, the whole story, A revival broke out in that city. They had a football game. They canceled it. Never in my life have I ever had a football game canceled for me. But they canceled it for the Lord, not me. Because there was a lady in that service that had a big daily talk show in Sousa Marie that announced it to the whole city. She said, you better go see that evangelist. All those Catholics showed up. There was such a revival That the hospital, St. Joseph Hospital in Sousa Marie, all the Catholic nuns had me come and pray for the sick in the hospital. There was some service, praying for the sick in that hospital was something else. God is still the same. He hasn't changed, people. Why am I telling you this? To lift your faith. Because some of you are saying, oh, you know, I have this, I have that. He's bigger than your problem. So watch this for just a few minutes, okay? Now this is gonna really bless you guys. And you need to sing the song you're gonna hear on this thing. Okay, so do you guys have it ready? Push the button.
2: (laughs) This dear lady had to be in a wheelchair. Why? Because she's had a tumor on the brain. Last night, the power of God flowed into her body. She was healed, went home and threw up. These ladies said she was just throwing up the poison. Tonight, the miracle happened completely. Now, look what God has done for her.
0: Come on, give the love of money.
2: gotten bad reports and I never been to your uh, conventions but my two sisters had and I, I got to get to Benny Hinn's convention and they said we'll take you so we're from New Mexico and they they came they brought me
0: well she called it convention it's all right crusade but it's, it's the same it doesn't matter the Lord now why you got this thing on your on your forehead
2: uh, that shingles my blood platelets have dropped and dropped again and plus chemo and medicines and who knows what. Now,
0: what did you throw? What
2: did you say she threw up? Pastor, last night she came. Power of God began to flow in her body. The weakness was still there. You know how we emphasize the verse. They shall lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. Right. God touched her last night. She went home and threw up these ladies who are banding together in faith said you're just throwing up the poison tonight God completed the work she's been running if she had done that if she had done that she was very weak came in couldn't walk and she's been running running the aisles praising and magnifying God because the Lord Lord has worked the miracle
0: Jesus. Jesus you're so wonderful Jesus Jesus, take your seats, please, Jesus, that lady forgot her shoes, no, oh, you're still there, come on, honey, put them back on, put them back on, I'm so glad I came to Atlanta, Georgia, I'm just so glad, next time I come, I'm coming to Alabama, your presence, that's close by to Atlanta, so you can come, you know. Thanks. Pick up that, that, that those ladies. When we've gathered in your name, you promise to be with us, Father.
2: Heat's all over me.
0: I know, and there's more of it coming. There's more of it coming, Pastor. Yeah. I must tell you. In August, they gave her two weeks to live. What?
2: In August, they gave her two weeks to live.
0: The devil is a liar. What the doctor says no, Jesus says the yes. The devil is a liar. All the time. I said the devil is a liar. If his lips are moving, he's lying. Just one more time, sing it for me. Come on.
2: When you're up against the struggles.
0: Yeah. That shatters all your dreams. When your hopes and your dreams.
2: it, crushed. By Satan's manifested scheme And you feel the urge within you To submit to every fear Don't let the faith you're standing in Seem seem to to disappear disappear. Praise the Lord He can work with those who praise Him Praise the Lord Find you, serve only to remind you, they'll drop powerless behind you when you pray. Satan is a liar. You
0: bet he's a liar. Satan is That's, a liar. Come on, say it. He's a liar, people. He's a liar. A
2: liar. he's a liar. Satan is a liar. When he tells you you've got two weeks to live, when he knows himself, you're a child. You're a child of the King. You're a child of the King. Solid out the mighty shield of faith. For the battle, it's already won. We know that Jesus Christ is risen.
0: You pray. Never again. She'll never, never again. have it again. Never again. And the
1: people said, "And tonight is your night.
0: Yes. This is your night. Yes. Hallelujah." And hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And God's people said, amen. Amen. Now be
1: seated. Is your faith high? Keep it there. All right. Oh, my goodness, I feel this. I just did this to wake you up. Lord, I thank you for what you'll do tonight. Say, Amen. Amen. All right, now, listen. There's a stream of God's divine healing virtue about to flow into this room. And I want you to know, that stream will heal every disease, every sickness, every pain, Every mental problem. Because. The Lord. Has given us his promise. And made. Full provision. I mean full provision. Therefore there's absolutely no sickness. No disease. No physical mental affliction. No nothing. That can stand in his way. And all. We have to do is believe. Because the same God who healed millions already in the last 2,000 years that has not changed. What did Jeremiah say? He said, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. There's nothing, nothing too hard for me. Why am I telling you this? I want your faith higher than ever. And we need to believe the word. Because if we don't, we don't get it. Now, we have to claim the promises by faith. We have to act on them by faith. We have to believe that God's power will be released today. Unlimited power. He sent his word and healed them in Psalm 107. And he delivered them out of all their troubles, not one was left what did what what did Jesus say in mark nine twenty three all things, not just some, all things are possible to him that believes now, from the very beginning of god 's dealings with his people, Israel, think he took him out of Egypt, declaring Himself to be deliverer they crossed the Red Sea and they came to Marah and God declared himself to be their healer their deliverer is now their healer and that was the beginning of their journeys but later we see something powerful We see that God, after giving them the commandments, so he declared himself, I'm the God that healeth thee. In Exodus 15. Now God gives them the law. And what does he say to them? He says, and I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. In Exodus 15, I'm the God that healeth thee. In chapter 23, I'll take sickness away from you. He repeats the covenant. He repeats the promises. And now 40 years go by. They're about to go into the promised land. And God repeats the covenant again. In Deuteronomy chapter 7. You have to follow the journeys of the people of God. They come out, I'm your healer. After the law, I'm your healer. Before they get in, I'm your healer. He repeats it. If you look at Deuteronomy 7, God says, I will remove all sickness from the midst of you. And I will lay that disease on your enemies, not on you. The time has come, we have to believe. It is His word. And Israel acted on the promise. Acted in such a way that in Psalm 105 it says not one, not one was feeble among them. Nobody even had a toothache. Nobody had to go to see a doctor or a dentist or a psychiatrist. Not one feeble. Three million people. Not one. Why? Because the promise works. Think about what I'm telling you. Now, you know, sickness came to Miriam when she came against her brother. Leprosy struck her. Moses prayed for her. God healed her. He was still healing his people. Even though... Miriam came against Moses. Moses prayed for her and God heard him. And you think about time and time and time again when they sinned against God. In Numbers 21, they sinned and snakes came and bit them all. And now they cry, Lord, help us, you know, we sinned, we sinned. What did God say? To Moses, he said, you build a brazen serpent, you put that on a pole. And anyone who goes to that hill and looks, they'll be healed. The people went. By looking, they lived. By not looking, they did not live. How simple it, it is just to look. Whosoever looks will live. Time after time after time, God healing his blessed people. Now, I want to say something here to all of you. This, this amazing, all-powerful God who spoke the worlds into existence, who breathed life into man, that same God came to save us and heal us. This same God is eternal Cannot change There's no such thing as a day of miracles There's a God of miracles And he does not change And the Bible is very, very, very clear That divine healing is a part of the plan of God Divine healing, forgiveness are twins. It's as easy to get healed as it is to be forgiven. Think about that. It's by faith. How easy is it to say, Lord, I'm sorry, and you're forgiven. Just as easy to say, Lord, I give you my body. The reason people are not healed is because they are not giving God their disease. Listen to me. Whatever you give him, he'll fix it. You have to give it to him. When you give him your sin, he'll cleanse you. When you give him your weakness, he'll strengthen you. Well, why don't you also give him your disease? Surely he bore, he bore. Achen, Hebrew says surely. It's even stronger than surely. It's like so so assuredly, so verily, so absolutely took our sickness. That word in the King James is not grief. It's disease. In Hebrew, cholé, disease, and He took our pain, makob, but not sorrow. He bore it upon Him. How easy it is to receive! You see, healing is not a man-made doctrine. Healing is the flow of God's life. That's his life. And when we receive his life, healing will happen. And all we have to do is act. Accept it by faith. Don't question it. Don't try to reason it. Just accept it. A lady named Rita LaCour, MS. She was in her 40s on a wheelchair, told she'll never, ever be free from MS. Never heard the name Jesus in her Catholic church. Never! A lady named Mrs. Champagna whom I knew, and I knew both of them, had gone to see Miss Kuman and saw the part of God. And hundreds upon hundreds of French Canadians were getting healed in Pittsburgh through Catherine's ministry. Coming back, telling their friends. And dear Rita, had been on that wheelchair so long, Her children, her husband, no one took care of them. And she looked at her husband, Jacques. She said, I want to go down to Pittsburgh. He said, why? They tell me there's a woman down there that prays for the sick. Oh, no, he said, I will not go down there. That's a long drive from Quebec City. It is a long drive. Well, after a few days, she just won't give up. And finally he said, all right, I'll take you. They drove hours and hours. It's at least 10 hours from Quebec to Toronto, dear Lord. That's another seven, eight hours to Pittsburgh. They get to the service. They cannot get in. At First Presbyterian Church right there, downtown Pittsburgh. By the William Penn Hotel. Still there. And couldn't get in. An usher finds Rita crying outside the building on her wheelchair. He hears the story. He says, listen, you come in and I'll give you my my seat. So he puts the wheelchair way in the back so nobody can see her under the balcony. Now, there's Rita sitting there, and she told me that story more than once. I had her on This Is Your Day and blessed all of us. She thought to herself, this woman must be paying people money to come up there and say that. Because they were coming up saying, I'm healed, I was healed of this, healed of that. But then she thought to herself at the end, no, no, there's no way they can all lie. Too many people coming up saying the same thing. They're healed. They can't all be paid to say that. And finally she looked up. Almost the end of the service. And she said, Jesus, I never talked to you. Never once did she even speak his name. And then she said, the priest never told me about you. I don't know you. And I think this line is a sweet line, she said. But I know your mother. (laughs) It's a simple faith. I don't know you. My priest never mentions your name. I know your mother. Now, if you're really the healer, as this woman says, she's pointing at Catherine now, Heal my body. I give it to you. And she felt heat go through her body. She pulled on her husband. She said, Jock, Jock, something is happening to my body. He said, Oh, be quiet. They're going to throw us out. Don't make a scene. She said, I'm telling you, something has happened to me. Be quiet, be quiet. She said, There's only one way to find out. Stood up, never went back in that wheelchair. The God that made that promise in Exodus 15 healed a woman who did not even know his name. No different than John 5 when the Lord came to the pool of Bethesda. And a man who did not know his name was healed. The Lord's favorite question, will thou be made whole? Think about that one. That man, who'd been waiting to step into the pool and couldn't get in. Now, think about this. Let's say this is you. A man comes up to you. You don't know him. You never seen him. You had never heard his name. And he says, will you be made whole? And then he says, get up and walk. That man could have said, no. I'm not going to get up and walk. I don't know who you are. By what authority do you tell me get up and what he believed even a stranger? He didn't know it was the, the Son of God. We all know the story. He was healed completely by obeying a simple instruction. Get up and walk. He did. This wonderful Jesus is still the same. He has not changed. Take my word for it. But more than that, take his word for it. Never will he change. He is still our wonderful, great physician. I don't care what the doctors have said. We all honor doctors and believe in medicine. I do too, of course. But it doesn't matter what they say. It's what he says. Now. Isaiah 53 says clearly, he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, chastised for our peace. Come sit down. And with his stripes, I was watching a documentary a few weeks ago, and I saw when the Romans whipped him they used metal on those, on those whips. That according to the people who studied the Shroud of Turim, those were heavy metals, not small little round metals, because his organs, her, the Lord's organs were shattered. According to them, We sometimes don't think, don't realize the sufferings he went through for our healing. Think for just a minute. In Gethsemane, his blood comes out of his sweat. Because of the pressure, the enemy was trying to kill him. Resisting against sin, the Bible says in Hebrews. His robe stained with blood as he goes to the house of Caiaphas. And now they beat him. They buffet him. They pull his beard off, fulfilling Isaiah 50. And when you read this most remarkable prophecy. Sometimes I think people just don't pay attention to the words of this most remarkable portion. And I want you all to hear this. Dear Lord, I give you the praise for this. I gave my back to those who struck me. My cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. I did not hide my face from shame and spitting. You read this amazing book of Isaiah. And you read portions that are more than amazing. More than amazing. As many were astonished at thee, Isaiah 52 14. His visit so marred more than any man, his form more than the sons of man. No man was beaten like that. You read Psalm 22, his bones were exposed. He said, I can count all my bones. They literally tore his body. Apart, That's why we read broken body. Take, eat my broken body. So not only did they beat his face in the house of Caiaphas, pull his beard off, marred his face, disfigured his face, so he could not even be recognizable as a human being for us. Then now he's in the praetorium in front of Pilate and his soldiers. And they whip him with such rage. Demonic rage, in fact. They tear his flesh off. That's why it says, his form, more than any man, was marred. On that cross... His body was torn. Torn before he ever made the cross. For our healing. And we don't want to believe it. We're rejecting his offer. Rejecting his pain. For our disease. Why? Well, I just... Don't accept it. It's my tradition. It's my theology. Regardless of your tradition, it is God's will. Everything required for you has been done, accomplished to be healed because it says. Jesus paid in full. The price is paid in full. I'm sure I'm talking to someone tonight who who just heard from the doctor, and you're frightened. Your disease is going to die tonight. Jesus did not lay his life down, carry your sin, take your disease, suffer shame, suffer agony, for you to receive just 50% or 75%. He paid a heavy price. It's freely offered to you. Will you accept it? Of course you will. So our faith must be fixed, not on theology or tradition, but the promise of God. We have to begin to believe his report now. Bible Randell, healed of cancer in OCC. Real estate woman, she's still alive in Tampa. She was dying. Came to OCC, was healed. Went back to her doctor, he said, it's all in your mind. She said, I rebuke your words and I break them. He said, what? She said, I break your words. It's not in my mind, I'm healed. My color is back, my strength is back, my hair is back. What do you mean, it's in my mind? He said, there's no such thing as healing. She said, I am no longer your patient. You're just an instrument of the devil. And walked out. She's still healed. Because she would not accept someone telling her it's in your mind. You see, the devil fights your faith. It's all about faith. It's all about faith. If you cannot accept the word of God, you'll be ruined. Not just about disease and sickness, about life. If we did not believe the Bible, where would we be? With anything in life. No. The word of God is our life. There's nowhere to go. To whom shall we go? You have the words of life. That's why we, don't, we do not fear death, because the Word of God says, when you're absent from your body, you're with the Lord. I walked in on Suzanne and her sister Leanne and her sister Liz and her mom Pauline when their daddy went to be with the Lord. I was in Indonesia. I come back and I see Suzanne, Leanne, Liz, and Pauline, and their uncle, Paul, sitting staring at an open casket by themselves in some place down here in Orlando. And they look so sad. I said, Get over here, come here. I said, That's not your dead. That says tent. What are you doing crying over a tent? They all came alive. So the Bible says it's a tent. Read that in 2 Corinthians 5. It's only a tent. People cry about a tent because they don't know the Bible. It's a glove, it's an earth suit. That's all you have. The body is your earth. Suit, And one day your earth suit will get so old, it won't look that good on you. So God wants you free from the earth suit. Because he has another one in glory for you. That's why we sorrow not as others that have no hope. When people lose loved ones, oh, I lost my loved one. I didn't lose mine. I know exactly where my mom is. I didn't lose my dad. He's in heaven. I know exactly where he is. When my daddy went to be with the Lord in 82, he was 58 years old. If I did not have the Bible, I would have been gone because my mom and family were blaming God for killing him. They were young Christians. How can God take him home? How can God allow it? I said, Mom, he smoked all his life. (laughs) And smoking will cause cancer, Mom. And God won't come out. You know, he, he will not come along and pull the cigarette out of your mouth. Dad enjoyed the cigarette. That's why he could not stay alive. God had nothing to do with it. Oh, they got really mad at me. But I was rejoicing and praising the Lord in that home, in that funeral home. Because I knew what the Bible says. Finally, I convinced all of them to stop it. I said, dead is in heaven, stop it. And I remember Cory Timboom Boom preaching about the glove and the hand years before that. Where she saying, your hand is the Lord and the glove is you. And now you have to surrender to the, to, to the hand and then you can do anything with the glove. God released me when I looked at my dad's body and God said, it's only a glove. Man, I was free like that. So our loved ones don't go to the casket. They're not in the grave. Why are you going there putting flowers? Stop wasting your money. It's a glove, people, it's a glove. It's an, it's an old suit. Do you bury your suit and go put a flower on it? The Bible says that ye sorrow not, even as others that have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them which sleep in Jesus, God will bring with him.
0: There is no death to the believer. Look, the body is not dead. It's sleeping. Why are you crying if it's sleeping?
1: Concerning them which are asleep, Jesus said, Lazarus is asleep, let's go wake him up. And he said, well, if he's sleeping, and wake up. Then he had to finally explain why he said that. A day he walked into a funeral home with his wife and saw the little boy in the casket. And the dad said, goodbye, son, goodbye forever. The mom kissed that little boy. She said, I'll see you in the morning, baby. I'll see you in the morning. That's our faith. Where would we be without the Bible? Messed up. I'm here to tell you, I don't care what disease is in your body. God is a healer. So enough of this. Oh,
0: will God heal me? Oh, Lord, help me now. Why, why, why?
1: Whatever you did to mess it up, he'll fix it. He'll fix it. He'll fix anything. Just give it to him. I tell the story about my son, Joshua, and sometimes my family doesn't like it. But when he was a kid, I bought him a nice truck with all the remotes and all all the stuff. He was too young for the little remote. He, he was too little to understand. You have to push this and push this and push that. So he got so mad and he f- smashed that thing. Big truck, destroyed. He brings it to me with all the broken pieces. He was only five or six years old. He looks, daddy, fix it. <laughs> I wanted to say, well, I can't fix it. You broke it so bad. I said, no, I better not because I'll destroy his faith. He looked so trusting. Fix it. So I did. I just bought him a new one. (laughs) Never told him. that face was so trusting. Fix it. That's all we have to do. Come up to our Heavenly Father. Fix it. And he'll fix it. He doesn't have to go get you a new one. He'll just fix it. What a mighty God we serve. Think about the times after time after time God healed his people in the Old Testament. Wow. For this purpose, 1 John 3, the Son of God was manifest to destroy the devil's power and sickness and sin are the result of the fall but thank God Jesus came to destroy the works of that devil <laughs> whatever disease it'll be gone in Jesus mighty name by his wounds we are healed and the bible says he heal them all i want to paint something for you i want to paint something for Now Bruce, you be real good back there behind me. (laughs) Just let the Lord lead you, brother. Let the Lord now lead you. You are the God that healeth me. You are the Lord. My healer, you sent your word, healed my disease, you are the Lord, my healer. I think about, I think about Matthew chapter 4. And I think about verse 23, and Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and disease among the people. And it says, he healed all of them. And then that crowd followed him up to a mountain and heard the most amazing sermon blessed are the poor in spirit and every time I I see that I think how the Lord healed these people before he fed these people Here you have the most remarkable uh, story in the Bible. Just heavenly. He's sitting on a hill. Can you just lift your hands a minute? Oh, it is Jesus. Yes, it is Jesus. It is Jesus in my soul. For I have touched the hem of his garment. I feel the winds changing here and his blood hath made me whole can you just give me your attention for a moment and look at me a minute I just felt something would you for a moment see this man from Galilee sitting on that mountaintop tall wide shoulders long beautiful brown curly hair eyes of love his face full of Peace and love And you see that crowd there listening to him Blessed are the poor in spirit Blessed are the meek Blessed are you when all men Say all men are evil against you And that crowd is sitting there healed already Down from that mountain And there comes to him a leper Looks up Lord If it's your will And Jesus cleanses him from leprosy Now he's on the way to the house of Simon Peter And the centurion servant comes and says my master has sent us. His servant is sick. I'll come. Now we have to remember that Jesus began healing the sick in Matthew 4. He'd been preaching all that morning after healing all the crowds. Just heal the leper. And now, It's early evening. He says, I'll come. Just speak the word. Just speak the word. The servant is healed. He goes to the house of Simon Peter. There's a crowd there waiting. He heals them all. In the house and out of the house. Now, nighttime, he goes on a boat. A storm rages at night. They wake him up. Be still. He goes to Gadara. It's early in the morning now, the next day. And a demoniac comes running down that hill. And he sets him free. That demonia could not come to the miracle service yesterday. So Jesus went to where he was. My brother, if you cannot come to him, he'll come to you. Because that's the master. He knows about your troubles. And he sets that man free from all those devils. He gets in the boat, goes back to Kapanam. And blind men meet him. He heals them. Never stops healing the sick. It is his nature to heal. Or the time when he was sitting on that hill in Galilee. And they brought to him all the lame and the maimed and the blind and the deaf. Can you just picture that in your mind? Jesus sitting on a rock. Striking and majestic And powerful And peaceful Such glory on him The Bible says when they saw him They were amazed Just amazed Can you see the sick Coming up that hill Someone carrying a, Some crippled man Another carrying a child Who's blind Another carrying an old man who's crippled. Another helping an old woman, a mother. They cast them at his feet and he healed them all. But one of my favorites, one of my favorites, there comes a knock one day. Lydia get up Lydia they say that was her name with the issue of blood a neighbor came and said Lydia they say the man from Nazareth is about to pass by your door get up Lydia he may never pass that way again this is your moment and Lydia gets herself already gets out of the door and sees a crowd looks way down there and she sees the man from Galilee and she says if I can only touch the hem of his garment I'll be healed and she crawls She crawls And someone's leg Hits her there And someone's foot Steps on her little frail hand She bleeds here and bleeds there Dust flying in her face And covering her clothing And she comes with a trembling hand And touches the hem of his garment And she's made whole
2: To get daily teaching from Michael and to follow our event schedule around the world, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Image TV YouTube channel as well. By partnering with Jesus Image, you will help us take the saving and healing power of Jesus to the world. Your giving changes lives forever.